Welcome to What Am I Doing With My Life with me, your host, Alyssa Desai. Ever sit there just thinking, what am I doing with my life? Well, this is the podcast for you. Each episode will share a different woman's journey, normalize not having it all figured out, give you actionable tips and motivate you when you feel stuck, lost and overwhelmed by life. I am beyond excited to be sharing this podcast with you and I hope every conversation you listen to helps you to feel less alone. In this episode, I'm joined by Gina Jackson. Gina is a travel writer, content creator and the author of two books, British Boutique Hotels and London Hotels. She has just taken the leap to work for herself full-time after doing it alongside a full-time job since university. We talk comparison, the importance of consistency, pitching her book idea, seeing yourself and your career as a business and lots more. Thank you so much for pushing play today. I really hope you enjoy this conversation and you find it helpful. I would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It means the world to me and if you email me a screenshot of your review, I will send you a free visualisation track. Have a look at the show notes on my email. Join me as we launch straight into Gina's journey. Tell me about your journey. Tell me how you got to here. And you can really start wherever you want. It could be school, uni, at any point that feels right for you. Yeah, sure. Okay, where do I begin? So I kind of, I guess I started on Instagram. And that's, I guess, the thing that people ask me about the most is how did you kind of start on Instagram or grow your Instagram following? And it all really comes from there but I essentially started my Instagram when I was still at uni so it just became a little bit of a hobby um you know I needed some kind of creative release outside of studying and um I was living and studying at Cambridge at the time so it's a very pretty city so I sort of started off taking lots of pictures of pretty streets and doors and coffee shops because I drank a lot of coffee when I was a student. And I kind of started to amass a following from that when I was at uni. And I was quite lucky in that I do think Instagram wasn't as saturated at that time. So I grew a following quite quickly. And then as soon as I graduated, I obviously kind of went into a full-time job. So I actually worked full-time in fashion tech up until very recently. So when I was in my full-time job, I obviously couldn't be going out every day, taking pictures of pretty streets and doors. And instead, what I found is that, you know, I was literally saving every single penny to go traveling every weekend because that's what I love to do the most. So every single weekend, I'd kind of go away on a staycation. I'd go to a nice hotel. I'd take pictures of it. I'd write about it on my blog as well. And from there, my content started to evolve more into travel and hotels And really, it just kind of blossomed from there and opportunities started coming through. That's how I kind of honed into my niche. And that's how I kind of grew my content and my audience specifically within travel and within hotels specifically. And so I think Instagram is where it all really started, because without having that platform, I don't think I could have then gone on to write a book, start writing for other publications, build that network around me. But yeah, that's pretty much how it started whilst I was at university as a little side hobby. Mm. And what were you studying at uni? I was studying classics, so Latin and ancient Greek, which is completely different to anything that I do now. But obviously at the time, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I just felt like with all the studying, I I needed some kind of creative expression on the side. And when you were at uni, did you have any idea about, were you thinking about kind of like, okay, future career, this is what it might be in? 
yeah, I was thinking about it a lot, especially in final year, you kind of get thinking about what you should be doing next. And I did at one point consider travel and travel journalism. But to be honest, I I didn't really understand the different roles that there are within travel. I didn't really know what was available or know what opportunities um, I could kind of go after. The one thing that I did think about was travel journalism. But to me, that world seemed very unattainable. I kind of had some doubts given that, you know, I, I wasn't at journalism school. I wasn't planning on doing a master's at journalism school. The travel industry um, kind of overall is quite an elitist kind of white dominated industry. So I didn't necessarily think it was one for me. And then at the time, you know, I, I did also have other interests as well. So I was really thinking about going into digital marketing. At that time, I followed a lot of bloggers, Instagrammers, YouTubers. And so this opportunity to work at a company that essentially was a tech platform that helped influencers grow their careers came up as an opportunity. And I thought, you know, this is actually another kind of dream of mine is to maybe pursue a career in this field. So I went straight into that after uni. I did an internship there in my second year, then went straight into a full-time role when I graduated. And for about seven years, that was my full-time career working in that industry. And I really enjoyed it. And I like, I did the travel on the side as a hobby. But now I've reached a place where I've actually just stepped back from that full-time job and I've decided to go full steam ahead with the travel. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's an exciting time. How did you kind of have the confidence to take that step because I think a lot of people are on this edge where they're like do I leave my full-time job do I go all in do I not what should I do what's a right what's a wrong decision talk me through that um, decision for you yeah I think it was bubbling under the surface for a little bit I always got questions from like friends or followers or people in my life asking me you know do you want to be doing this full-time and I always knew I don't necessarily want to be a full-time influencer because I think that places a lot of pressure on your content to perform and it kind of means that your brand is pretty much based on you all the time which I didn't necessarily want but I did I didn't really envision like a future where I could be traveling full-time and you know writing about it photographing it all all that kind of stuff like kind of having multiple different income streams and and ways that I could be traveling um so for a long time I didn't think that was a possibility and I was like you know no I'm going to keep my head down and do and do my full-time job as well but earlier this year actually so very recently I just reached a point where I kind of thought you know I'm only going to be this age once I have a lot of opportunities that I sadly have to say no to because of my full-time job um I no longer kind of want to be having to make that sacrifice I think you know I should just give it a go now and who knows maybe it won't work out maybe in six months time or a year's time I'll have to go back to working full-time fingers crossed that doesn't happen and lots of amazing things come out of this but I thought you know what I'm in a position where I can give it a shot now so I might as well just take the plunge I love that I think there's there's always going to be like, oh, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And we always do the negative what ifs. And it's like, what if this is the best thing that ever happened to you? Like, you know, it was like beyond your wildest dreams and just so incredible. And, you know, I'm definitely not one to kind of encourage people to quit jobs unless they really want to. But I think it's about just seeing both sides of the spectrum and not just focusing on all the things that could go wrong what about all the things that could go really right I think it's about 
having that reassurance in yourself of let me just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, I'll be okay. And I'll figure it out and I will, you know, get another job or do this. So yeah, kind of like a trust in yourself, I guess. Exactly. And in that specific moment in time, I was surrounded by people that I was meeting, like friends, um, you know, colleagues, etc., who were kind of just encouraging me to go for it or people who'd done it and been in a similar situation before. And they were just reassuring me and saying, you know, the worst that could happen is that you aren't able to sustain, you know, your lifestyle or you're not able to kind of maintain an income from this. Just go back to full-time work afterwards. It's not the end of the world. I think it's always, when I was uh, leaving my job, I was like, I always want to look back and think I tried, I gave it a full go where it wasn't just, you know, doing my business on the side. It was me fully going for it. And even if it doesn't work out, then I can look back and be like, I did it. I tried, right? Rather than like, oh, I never did it because I was always scared that it might not work out. Exactly. And it sounds like you had a lot of support then. Have you always had support for kind of the the side, I guess, hustle or whatever you want to call it that you've been doing? Yeah, I guess from, you know, family, friends, they've always been super supportive. I think all of my friends, because I started this at uni, like all of my very close friends know about this, obviously. I guess it's become something that is part of my identity that I can't really shake off now. All of my friends get to come with me and and travel and experience nice things. So they get to benefit from it as well. Um, And I think, you know, they, they all see it as a really kind of fun, unique thing that I have and it's part of my identity I've always until very recently I you know had a full-time career and I didn't necessarily you know have the space to just do this on the side so I was very much doing my travel content on weekends on evenings etc but luckily I did work in an industry where my travel content and influencing actually complemented my full-time role whereas I guess in some other industries um you know you're not allowed to kind of have an online persona at all so although I wasn't necessarily given the room to just kind of do my own thing I was obviously had my head down I was working full-time at least I was in industry where I could kind of bounce the two skills off each other and I was going to ask and pick up on that is how did you manage to do both for quite a long time you know seven years you were in that job and obviously you've been doing this since uni Yeah, I think it's just, you know, being super organized um, all the time. Like I have quite a few friends actually who also, you know, were juggling full-time careers with their content creation. And I think it's just about being super organized and also having to make sacrifices. So like I said, you know, I'd have to say no to really cool things like that came through through my Instagram because my full-time career came first. And it just meant that I had to be super precious with my weekends and with my holiday days my annual leave to make sure that I could travel during that time and and create the content that I needed for my Instagram um so it was just a juggling act and being really kind of careful with your time management being super organized but it is possible and I know a lot of other people who do it as well um I guess you just have to want it enough and to kind of love doing it enough definitely I think if there's no passion and purpose if it's not really important to you then it would be really challenging to actually get yourself to do it after a long day's work exactly like I know because I love what I do when I was working full-time I wouldn't mind doing a full day working and then in the evening seeing a client because I was like I'm excited to go off and do that 
Exactly. (laughs) So along this journey then, have there ever been any moments when you thought, I don't know what I'm doing? I feel stuck. I feel lost. I feel confused. Yeah, I think there have been moments when I felt like that in both my full-time job and then also with the Instagram and content creation. And so I think in my full-time job, you know, I felt like that sometimes when I've thought, oh, what's next? You know, what's the next step? Or maybe if I'm in a role where I feel like I'm not being fulfilled or I'm at a company where I don't necessarily see a future for myself. I think that's very normal. And everyone kind of goes through phases where they feel like, they're really happy in their career and that maybe they're, they're not the next couple of months. Then on Instagram, it's also happened as well. I mean, being online does take consistency and it takes stamina. And I think sometimes if, if you get into a mindset where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people online, it can be pretty difficult, um, which is why it's not for everyone. I think if you're constantly looking at those around you, at your peers and thinking, oh, they're doing really well, they're getting these great opportunities, et cetera, you can sometimes feel like you're being left behind. And I think everyone has those moments of doubt where they're thinking, am I doing well enough? Or, you know, am I being left behind? So I think, yeah, I've definitely had those moments in both my content creation and also in my full-time career. Exactly. You said it's so normal to have. It is almost like like you can be on a complete high and thinking this is the best thing ever. Everything's going so well, whether you're doing something for yourself or, you know, you're working for someone else. And then all of a sudden it's like, hold on, what am I doing? (laughs) Sometimes it's like night and day. And exactly as you said, they are normal, these moments. If you do feel like that, whether it's been in your previous role or in doing the content creation, how do you kind of support yourself through those moments or motivate yourself I think I kind of look around and I think okay what have I actually achieved and what are the amazing things that I've had come my way so in both my full-time job and in on Instagram I'd kind of write down all of the amazing things I'd actually done that year or that past month or whatever that I you know five years ago would never have thought would have been possible Like if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, I think you often overlook all of the amazing things that have happened to you or that you've been able to achieve. And then I also just think talking to people who are your friends, like that's the best antidote for me is it maybe it won't necessarily be like my really close friends who work in different industries, but it'll be like my colleagues who work in the same industry as me or my other friends who are also online. We'll just talk about how we all kind of feel the same way. And and you never think that other people feeling that same way because from the outside it will it always looks like everyone else is thriving but I think if you just talk to your friends or people who are in a similar position just make you feel a hundred times better we all have a tendency to focus more on the negative situations and experiences in our life rather than the positive or neutral ones and you may or may not know this but this is actually part of being a human being It is called the negativity bias, and that is literally a tendency to give more importance to negative experiences rather than to positive or neutral ones. With that in mind, sometimes we need to make a bit more of an effort to really remember what is going well in life? What am I doing well? So something I would recommend is to create an achievements folder, whether that is a photo album on your phone where you save screenshots into or a note on your phone where you copy and paste feedback onto or 
a document folder, whatever works for you, somewhere where you can save the wins, the incredible feedback, the highlights of your career, because often we forget these moments and I really want you to have them somewhere accessible. So anytime you have a moment where you think, am I doing a good job? Can I really do this? You have a look in that folder. Do you have any advice for someone who is looking at you and thinking, I would love to do that? The funny thing is for me, I guess it started very organically, like even though, you know, being an influencer was a career option when I did graduate, because at the end of the day, in my full time role, I was helping people do that full time. For me, it never it never, I never thought of it as a kind of actual opportunity that I could pursue. So when I started my Instagram, I didn't start it setting out to kind of grow an audience. I just started it from the passion of creating content and sharing it. But what I would say my tips are, are to like be consistent. Consistency is the most important thing. Um, and also to keep going regardless of, you know, whether you're actually making income from something. When it comes to content creation, I think people think that you can just start posting you and you instantly overnight will grow a following and opportunities will come your way. The reality is everyone who grows a following has to love creating content enough to be doing it for a significant period of time before they can actually build an audience before opportunities, brand deals, all that kind of stuff comes their way. So you actually have to really enjoy doing it and be consistent at it before you can actually start pursuing it as a career option. Um, and almost everyone that I know who is a friend from that I met from online essentially had a full-time job before they went full-time with their content creation. So they just did it as a hobby. It grew into something more and they've now been able to turn it into their career. I think very few people are able to just like instantly blow up overnight and start making money from it and call it their main source of income immediately. So it does take consistency and patience and wanting it enough to do it, even if you're not making money from it. As you were saying that, I was definitely thinking patience you know, we're so used to things happening so quickly. We just want to get a food delivery and then it's like at our door, we want to do something on our phone and it's there. And it's like, sometimes in life, we're just expecting things to happen really quickly. And, you know, I think just having patience that it will happen. And that's something that I'm, you know, I like to remind myself is like, it's it's all going to happen. It's all going to happen at the perfect time. And maybe this isn't the perfect time right now. And I've just got to be patient and wait it out. And like, it will happen. And almost something what you said before is like, there's probably things that, you know, people might be listening to this now and they're thinking, oh, that won't be possible for me. That won't be possible for me. But if you do the things you've just said, right, consistency, do something that you love, be patient, all of a sudden you can start doing things that at one point you didn't think were possible. Like, you know, you've even said on this that at one point you thought, oh, you know, being an influencer, doing content creation is a full job. Oh, that won't be possible. So let me go and into my other career and like see and then obviously you've done other things too so there is so much more out there that is possible for us that we just have no idea about which always makes me feel excited about just life in general yeah I really do think consistency is like that number one point I read a quote the other day don't quote me word for word on this but it was something like the one who wins is the one who shows up the most and I I think that 
really true. I mean, there's there are like so many talented people out there, but people who will kind of kind of win in the end are the people who are super consistent. I love that. And I think because, you know, some people are going to start things and if they don't get those instant results, it's just like, oh, well, it didn't work. You know, what was the point? I'll give up and kind of feed into those things of like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. And it's like, just keep on with the consistency, like keep on going. And I think, you know, to your point, if it's something that you love doing, it doesn't feel like, oh, now I've got to go and do this thing. And like, I really don't want to, and I'm not getting results. It's just like, you know, you were just excited to share. And then, as you said, it was your creative outlet. It was fun, right? Rather than like, oh, I've got to like do all these things. Tell me about your book. I would love to know how that came about. So incredible. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess, um, okay. So where to start? I had the idea in lockdown um essentially before lockdown I was you know in my job and like I said I'd been going away almost every single weekend traveling sharing about hotels etc and obviously when you're going away on a weekend you can't really just go off to an abroad destination so a lot of the trips I was doing were staycations in the UK and over time I amassed quite a amount of knowledge about hotels in the UK you know I had people DMing me all the time for recommendations and I felt like that was quite a niche kind of knowledge that I had that maybe other people didn't necessarily have that level of expertise on so in lockdown when I was twiddling my thumbs I kind of had this idea to write a book about it and actually like I said I've always loved writing like back in the day I did consider going into travel journalism when I was younger, I used to want to be an author when I was like five years old. So I've always wanted to write a book. And I thought, you know, this would be a great idea for a coffee table book, Boutique Hotels in the UK, Where to Stay. And Hoxton Mini Press is one of my favorite publishers. So I owned a few of their books already, like East London Food, London Coffee, etc. And I, I knew instantly, if I'm going to write a book, I want them to be my publisher. And they kind of do very beautiful photo-heavy guides, that are beautifully presented and they're real kind of like books that you keep forever they're not the kind of ones you just flick through and then you put on your shelf so I knew that I wanted them to be my publisher and actually on their website they have a section called pitch to us so it was like a sweltering hot August evening and I couldn't get to sleep because I just had this idea and I was like I need to write this pitch and I need to write this book before someone else writes this book (laughs) so I just wrote them this pitch and their pitch requirements are that you have to write the pitch in 30 words they basically say if you can't write your pitch in 30 words we probably can't sell your book so I sent them the pitch and then a week later I had a call from Martin who's one of the co-founders of Hoxton Mini Press and he said yeah we'd love to publish your book this is an idea that we really like so we just went from there and, and the whole process took about an, a year from kind of pitch to publication and it was published in um, October 2021 and actually I've just finished writing my second book with them which is going to be out in August so by the time this episode is out I'm pretty sure my second book will be out as well. Oh my gosh that's so exciting oh and I love that younger you had you know that little dream and it's almost like it was like a little seed and now it's flourished oh can you say what the second book's about or is it all to be revealed yeah it's called um London Hotels so it's specifically on London hotels as opposed to hotels all across the UK 
And the reason why that is, is because Hoxdomini Press, they're their London-based publisher. They have a best-selling series, which is their London series, which are all kind of small little pocketbook guides to various aspects of London. So they have like London architecture, vegan London, etc. I've basically written the hotel London guide for that, which is very exciting. It'll be quite a different format to my first book. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And do you have dreams to go on and do more books? Is that kind of something bubbling away under the surface? It is, yeah. I'm currently in the process of kind of speaking to a few people about my third book. So watch this space. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, how incredible that you just had that idea and you were like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, I, re- I really do believe that like you do have to create opportunities for yourself sometimes. Obviously, no one was going to turn around to me and say, oh, would you like to write a book with us? Like, you know, I'm not a, I don't have a huge profile on Instagram. And even if I did, that's not something that, you know, necessarily presents itself as an opportunity. So I think you really do have to, yeah, create those opportunities for yourself and kind of go after them if you have an idea that you're really, really passionate about. Mm, I think that's such an important point because it's, and I guess this kind of links with the comparison as well. It's easy to be like, oh, well, they're doing that and they're doing this and nothing's happening for me. And it's like, what are you doing to proactively go out there and actually go, this is something I really want to do. And again, you know, it's all kind of intertwined, but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of what's the worst that can happen, right? The worst that can happen is they don't reply. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's it. Like then you just get on with your life and then maybe another opportunity might come up to do it. So yeah, I, I so, so agree with that. Have you had any moments in your career which have just felt like a bit of a, a challenge that you've had to overcome? Yeah, I definitely say that in my full-time career, because obviously I've only recently kind of pivoted into kind of doing this full-time. But in my full-time career, you know, like any person, I've had so many challenges thrown my way, whether that's difficult companies or management or leadership that you're working with, colleagues that you don't necessarily get along well with, feeling like you're not progressing in your career or that, you know, opportunities aren't being given out fairly among the team. Yeah, so, so many different challenges that I feel like I've encountered that I feel like most people will have encountered in the workplace as well. <laughs> Do you know, as you were saying those, I was like nodding my head because I was thinking, yes, you know, when I speak to my friends, when I speak to clients, these are the things that people are struggling with. And I think people are in, are in jobs like that and, you know, they're struggling with any of those things. It's like, is the is the reward to stay there, like the payoff better than the things that are actually the challenges? And I think it's about what do you want to get from a job and if it's security and maybe it pays you well and it gives you lots of freedom and you get to go on holidays and it's really great, then amazing. And if it doesn't, then this might be a little bit of a loving kick up the ass to just think about what else you could do and that there is, you know, it doesn't just because it happens to a lot of people, like a lot of people experience this doesn't mean it has to be something that you do have to experience. Yeah, 100 percent. I think, you know, when I was at the very start of my career, my first ever company that I worked at, I thought that I owed the company X, Y, Z because it was my first job out of uni, et cetera. They'd given me the opportunity. You know, I thought, okay, but if I stay, like I had quite a lot of good benefits there. So I thought if I leave, sorry, am I going to really regret having to give up all of these things? But actually in the end, the opportunities that were presenting themselves outside of that company were so much better than 
staying there and at the time it felt like the biggest thing ever you know to like leave my first job and move on to the next one in actuality like it's just inevitable at some point anyway and I think each time you move from like a new job to another one you learn so much more and you become more adaptable as well because you have to insert yourself into a new team meet new colleagues learn new processes so I actually think you widen your skill set if anything Definitely. And I think things are changing, you know, maybe for our parents, it was like just sticking a job and that's it. And I do think it is changing now. You know, I, my, my background is in HR and recruitment. So I would speak to people who kind of, you know, maybe had tried a few different jobs and they weren't, weren't really right. And their fear would be, oh, how's my CV going to look? And I always said, it's fine. As long as you have a confident answer if you were asked how come you haven't stayed in a job for longer than a year or how come you've left this you want to leave this this job really quickly so as long as you can kind of confidently explain that and not just be like I hated my boss um, then then it's it's completely okay I also think a lot of people feel really scared to quit jobs like the actual act of quitting and I do think it's you know what you've said in terms of like oh you know I owe this company or I feel really bad for leaving them and Coming from HR, and I know this may not be the best thing to say, but my viewpoint was if they did need to get rid of you, they would just do it because it would have to be a business decision almost. Even if you you don't have your own business and that's not a future for you, your life and your career, you can see that as your business and almost separate yourself. Yes, I know it can be not the nicest feeling sometimes when you go into it. I know when I left my last job, I was literally like, deep breathing before I got on the call (laughs) but if you're seeing yourself as a business and your career and your life making the choices that feel right for you and sometimes that's like I'm going to get more opportunity I'm going to learn more if I move to another company exactly your point you know widen your skill set and go to different places I don't think there's any right or wrong but it's coming back to what feels right for you and not just feeling like oh I have to say because I feel bad I think what you were saying about at the end of the day, you are just a number in a business. That might not be nice to hear. It is the truth. I've like in my career, I've worked at, like a medium sized company, a huge corporation and a tiny startup. And to be honest, at the large company, probably I was that was the biggest case where I was like just a tiny cog in the kind of big operation. And you might be brilliant at your job and everyone might love you. When you leave, people will move on. <laughs> and you can't think about what you owe to the company. You have to think about yourself and your career and if you're getting anything from it and whether you're going to benefit from moving on. This is just a little message to anyone staying in a job because they feel bad about leaving, that it's okay to leave do what feels right for you that is the most important thing and staying in a job that you really don't want to be in is only putting your needs and your wants last and I'm not saying just quit the job now and be put yourself in a challenging position but start to take some steps forwards to think about how could you do something else how could you move on and go and work somewhere else and remind yourself there is absolutely nothing to feel bad about. Looking back at your career now, would you have done anything differently? Good question. 
I feel like yes and no, right? No, because I wouldn't have learned all of the lessons that I've learned now if I hadn't, if I had done it really differently. And no, because I think a lot of people ask me, oh, do you wish that you'd kind of left your full-time career earlier to do what you're doing now? The answer is no, because I learned so much in that full-time career that is in some way applicable to what I do now and has given me so many of the skills that I use in my kind of content creation now. Um, But yes, in that maybe at the start of my career, I would have maybe been a bit more opinionated. Maybe I would have, you know, spoken up for myself a bit more um, or maybe allowed myself to be more vulnerable in front of my peers. I'm quite a headstrong person and I think I don't like showing vulnerability. So I think at the start of my career, I definitely maybe tried to come across as if I knew everything. But actually, when you're at the start of your career, you don't know anything and you're not supposed to. So that's probably the advice I'd give to someone kind of starting their career is like ask all the questions that you want to ask. Find someone that, you know, is either like a peer and in a similar position to you who you can bounce things off or find someone who's maybe a slightly bit older and ahead of their career who can give you advice but otherwise than that I wouldn't really say that I would have changed anything drastically I think I learned some great lessons that are serving me well now. I'm interested how did you kind of find that transition from uni into your first full-time job? Yeah it was so I actually interned at the company that I ended up working full-time at my second year, I did a three-month internship with them. And then as soon as I left, I basically stayed in touch with my boss there. And very luckily, they had a full-time role come available, which was at entry level. So I kind of just slotted into that role. I think I was lucky because obviously I'd interned at the company before. So I did know it inside out. So I was able to kind of just hit the ground running. I knew most of the people who worked there because I'd been interning there for the year before um, and I knew how the business ran so in that way I kind of almost had a head start it wasn't like I was finding my feet for the first time however I do think that I was completely different to when I was an intern so when I was an intern there I'd never really interned anywhere else I was terrified I honestly thought that I was there to make cups of tea for people because that's what my parents had told me. And, you know, they know nothing about the industry that I work in. But back in their day, the intern would get treated horribly and would literally have to make people cups of tea. So I was very prepared to be doing that for the entire time of my internship. I didn't realize what was actually expected of me. And in those three months, I think I you know, was really scared. and I didn't really put myself forward or, or show much of my personality because I just thought I'm here to essentially be the intern that no one really pays any attention to and what I didn't realize is that actually in a small company you have the opportunity to speak up to contribute to show initiative so I'm very lucky that they kind of saw potential in me and then did offer me a full-time role when I graduated because I was a very different self when I was an intern to what I then was when I was a full-time um hire there because yeah, I just, I didn't know how to act in the workplace. I I think that's something that uni is really missing. Thinking about it the other day, just work skills, like how to write a good email, you know, how to be in the work environment, because it's like, you know, whether, whether you leave school 
at 16 or 18 or you go to uni or you do something some further studying often that first job whether it's an internship or work experience or an actual job you are a bit like I don't know what to do with myself I think it can be quite hard especially if you go into an environment like that and you don't have someone really supporting you and like nurturing you and so true I think it it can make such a difference to someone's career and I'm really lucky that when I interned at this company I had this girl she was in her mid-20s at the time so at the time a little bit older than me who um, was kind of like a manager level at the company and she wasn't my manager when I was an intern but she was you know more senior than me on the same team and she really looked out for me and you know I think that really gave me a confidence that I wouldn't otherwise have had. This is a call out to anyone in a job where there is a new person, an intern, an entry-level employee, whoever it is, talk to them. See if they're okay. See if they need any help. See if they want to go for a coffee. Share your wisdom and guidance and experiences with them because you might just be part of their journey and a huge significant part that helps them figure out what they want to do or give them more clarity or give them confidence. Remember who's helped you on your journey or think about what would have helped you on your journey and see if you can pay that forward a little bit. Now back to the episode for my final question for Gina. If someone's listening to this and they feel stuck, they feel lost, they feel confused, they just have no idea what they're doing with their life, what three pieces of advice would you give them? Ooh, good question. I feel like we've kind of touched upon this. So I really do think creating opportunity for yourself is important. And I know that that is going to vary for everyone. So not everyone is going to necessarily have you know, loads of opportunities on their doorstep. But I, I do think that you sometimes have to create it. You know, me having a side hobby that I maintained throughout the entirety of my full-time career meant that I then had the option to leave my full-time career to now pursue what I want to do full-time, which is like my hobby and, and what I love doing the most. Same, I guess, is for my book when I kind of reached out to the publishers directly, like don't be afraid to go after the things that you want. And yeah, the the worst thing that could happen is that you don't get a reply or you get rejected but you just move on to the next thing um I think if you're feeling really stuck you should probably write down a list of all the things that are holding you back and maybe what you actually want to be doing um and maybe write tangible steps on how to get there a lot of the time I think when I was very early in my career I would say to myself okay I really want to be like this title this person, this role in a company in the future. But obviously, you're not going to immediately jump from here to here. There's like a million different steps along the way. And maybe there'll be slightly different roles along that way that you'll learn different skill sets from or different companies that you can kind of move between that will eventually get you to your dream position. So I think patience, like we've already talked about patience, consistency, And yeah, writing kind of tangible steps on how you might get to your dream goal. I loved having this conversation with Gina and her three pieces of advice, creating your own opportunities and going for them, taking tangible steps towards your goal and being patient and consistent on your journey. I have no doubt, no matter where you're at in your journey, what you're doing, whether you want to do what Gina does or your career is completely different, they are going to help you. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and you found it helpful. That is the most important thing to me. 
It would mean the world to me if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And remember, if you leave a review, please do send me a screenshot so I can share a free visualization track with you. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care.